This is you. This is me. This is us. And this is the Fast Podcast. Jared, how is that candy pumpkin due to the Halloween of October? It's like heroin, man. Let's just stuff is so good they are good it's you like just, you brought it out you set it right in front of me you were like shook it around and then tried to move it back behind there it's the artist's suggestion it is and you're like, like okay i'll have one. i'll have one all right have loves the dog right here do you want a little secret on that you take some of those or candy corn whatever you prefer they're both the same right you take they are yeah one's a little bit bigger eat a full bag and get sick and then no you want them again no you put those in a dish okay. and you take a bunch of peanuts, put that in a dish, same dish, mix it up, take some of those pumpkins, take some of those peanuts. You know what you got? No. Salted nut roll. Salted nut roll. It's glorious. Glorious. My Another sister-in-law hack. had it this weekend, which we'll get to later. I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Just eating handfuls, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was good. All right. So That's we're going to sound check this bad boy. Sound check it. We got ND Country Fest updates uh, right away coming out the gate, but that's uh, that'll be a fun one. We got some good stuff, good uh, updates on what we got going on with uh, YTT, which we call the Your Town Tour. A and, little tease there. And a little karaoke. That's fun. Festival news around the world, Jared. Yeah, we've got some updates about live music actually being played. And a little bit of us. Oh, Go, yeah. yeah, we're going somewhere. And we actually got a call. Actually, they answered. So yeah, that's fun. I was like, did you really? And oh, yeah. You did. Right in front of you. Right in front of me. Actually, I think the timing was right because it was late late at night. So it all it worked. It was perfect. Headliner is a good one, which is a guy that's respected around the industry and the festival industry and music industry has decades of experience uh, in front of the stage and behind the stage and producing the events. Yeah, so, that, so you're bringing in uh, Corey from Indie yeah, Country Fest. Our general manager. He's right. great. Great stories there. Great stories. And then Ralphie's top three. And we get to see him live. He wanted to come in on Zoom. So he's got himself a little flag. It's fair. It's worth sticking around. For. That's right. For those of you listening on the podcast, head over to our YouTube channel because then you can see uh, see everything from our Zoom meetings, from our headliners, and also Ralphie's top three. So you can see Ralphie in the flesh. And then stage left, you had the Schaefer family reunion this weekend or just a Mm-mm. bunch of people family reunion? It was my wife's wife's. It wasn't a family reunion, but it was my wife's sisters all coming to town. And then their uh, family reunion, their kids during and COVID times. You want to know what? Yeah, I said this to my wife right before we left. And I was like, you know what this weekend and this whole week felt like? And she's like, no, what? I go, I felt like a holiday. Right. It was awesome. It was cool. Everybody was cooking and everybody's having a, having a blast. But we'll get to that later on. And I did relatively nothing so i'm gonna give you some netflix options that just came out or i wandered (laughs) through because that's the best i can do at the moment (laughs) how can these fine people find us jared on this podcast you can find us on itunes and where you get all of your other um podcasting needs out there (laughs) so if you go and find us and you've been listening but you're not subscribed please subscribe leave a review or a rating preferably five stars we'd love those five stars because it helps us get into the algorithm helps us get found and helps us get out there Hey, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel because that's big. And we are, for the first 100 people that subscribe, we're putting them into a drawing where they will, uh, you know what? It's going to be a drawing uh, for festival tickets around the nation. You around. thought I was going to say the world. The world. Maybe. Maybe. There's that, one I'm working on. That'd be kind of a, you win tickets to like the Owl Fest in uh, England or better yet, the... Uh, 
what was it? The Val Fair Earth Festival in Guernsey. Might be cool. You got to travel. Got to fly all the way over there just to go see it. Hey, there's people still traveling, Jared. That's true. <laughs> so make sure you go to over our YouTube channel on the fest and go ahead and su subscribe and see. Man, we have like 18, 19 videos already up there. And oh, that's yeah. uh, all weekend awesome. long. Ralphie was uh, uploading stuff and clips and things. Every two seconds, I was getting a notification of a new premiere of something going up. So. Anyway, it's super cool. And our boys from Light Jumper Media do an excellent job. Oh, yeah, making us look beautiful today. We got some fancy lights going on. We got a little blue back there. It looks good around here. We are rolling. Let's shoot into ND Country Fest updates brought to you by Lee Jaworski of Alliance Real Estate. Find your keys with Lee. Yeah. So uh, what do you got going on this weekend? Or what do we this got weekend? going on in the ND Country Fest update? So you and I... <laughs> Uh, did the update uh, on Facebook Live from the Beast, the Bronco? Are we going to call it the Beast? What are we calling no, it? Orange no. Crush? No, 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 no. no. The Bronco. The Bronco? The Bronco. I already got that from the um, from a phone call this morning, actually. That was a uh, conference call. And you never know who's watching lives. You never know who's watching your YouTube channel on the Fest. You never know who's listening to the Fest podcast. People are listening? You have no idea. Yeah, actually quite a few, Jared. I thought we were just screwing around for the heck of it. Don't be downplaying this. Maybe you're screwing around, but we're not. Oh. <laughs> no, so they were like, hey, was that your Bronco in that live? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, that thing <laughs> is badass. Like, and I was like, hey, I love it. I'm a tall cat. And I had to like really step up to get into that thing. It is. It's no joke. We couldn't get into the underpass because we were over nine feet four, maybe nine feet four. We lay at about, we, we rest at a height at 9.6. So we couldn't go through the in and out burger drive through. Yeah. What a bummer that was. We had to go in. We had to park and go in. Like normal people. So on the update, what do we talk? What are we talking about? So what do we got on the update uh, for ND Country Fest? Obviously, we do have a price increase. We talked about that before on October twenty first. So make sure you get the experience you want, especially those VIP tickets. There's not many left. Go to ndcountryfest.com and your camping and VIP. There's not many left either. Go to ND, ndcountryfest.com to go ahead and get those tickets. But big big updates that we have for this week is our karaoke contest it's back on it's it always yep always was. always on huh? it's always on it's always on so we've been working on that for a couple months and uh just to get it up going for this upcoming season and uh we're super excited because last last year we only had like five bars participate five? this time it's going to be at least double maybe even triple and it'll be around the whole state not just just our, our little wow. pocket of the area western north dakota so we're super excited about that and that'll be running watch for new information on that in the next couple months up to uh when we start it that's roughly going to be january february but all the information will go out roughly in december your go-to karaoke sweet caroline <laughs> it is is it what's your go-to country song oh the chair george Strait. george Strait. that's yeah. a pretty good one. Oh yeah my wife doesn't like my karaoke it's all william shatner karaoke so there's no rhythm to it i just sort of beat out a spoken word so <laughs> it's not good not good at all but there's a grand prize and there's a whole grand thing where the winners and i believe it's the top three don't quote me on this as of white quite yet bob i apologize he's the one that put all the rules together but hey um the top three, I believe, play on our side stage during Indie Country Fest 2021, and then they get all kinds of nice packages Wait, to come to Indie Country stage? Fest. Absolutely. It's in our day drinking bar, which is also air-conditioned, which also is combined with a casino. What? 
How are they going to sing and play and do that when there's all that action going on? Well, they don't sing and play. They just sing. They just sing. And then when they're okay. done, they can go play. They can go play. You can just <laughs> roll it in. Yeah. All right. So your town tour, what's going on there? Your town tour, huge headway, massive headway. Huge. 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 Huge, man. They are going to be 10 nights. 10? 10 nights where we are rolling on every town. 10 nights we locked in. One national artist, and what? we walked in one regional artist, and we're working on a third. So wherever we're stopping for the night, we're going to have three bands in that bar, in that town, every night. Every night. Are you going to be alive when you're done with this? Yes. I don't know. Last time when you rolled in here and got back, it was a little bit shaky. You... I am interested how the light jumper fellows are going to I do. know. They're going to... <laughs> rock on i don't think they know what our audience is so it'll be 10 nights just wait watch uh watch out it's coming soon we're gonna actually announce who that national artist is it's a big it's a big up-and-coming band they're from way down south uh they are great it's country rock and they are just rolling got voted as one of the top up-and-coming bands in the southern united states so should people leave a comment and guess in youtube yeah leave a comment leave a comment in youtube and see who, if guess you, who uh, you think it is yeah check it out see it is who it is but yeah we're town tour that starts february 26th we run that through march 8th and uh watch for that if you're in the surrounding states in north dakota that's where we go around the whole state of north dakota we go to 350 locations stops and then every stop at the night is a huge party with three bands wow. and we're doing this and we're doing it right and it's going to be unbelievable you're going to need to get a uh iv company that does those b12 ivs or whatever it is to as a sponsor so they can just follow you around and rehydrate you that would morning. be ideal right so i'm going to say this so whoever lives on we'll just say eastern montana western minnesota or northern south dakota or even on the canadian border by north dakota that because we're all around those edges right if you want to check out our check us out for February 26th through March 8th, we'll be really close to you. Come on and see us. We're we'll be coming. giving away all kinds of swag, and uh, it'll be one big party where we're stopping. So it'll be fun, and you'll definitely want to see uh, the band that we're bringing in from down south they and the other two. Yeah, it's super awesome. Let's hear a little bit about Lee, Jared. All right. What sets me apart is I like to interact with my eight clients a little bit more, maybe just actually become more friends with them than just a client business relationship. I'd probably have to say it'd be Hoo Hut just because I like the food and my daughter absolutely loves it. I chose real estate because I like to help people and it's fun, it's exciting, it can be stressful, but it's always good to just find a solution to a problem. That was Lee Jaworski, the, the uh, NDCF headliner Excuse me. No. <laughs> the sponsor for the NDC Country Updates. <laughs> Legion Worski. Our original Alliance. sponsor. <laughs> with Alliance Real Estate. You know Dudley. what I could use? I could oh, use one of those pumpkins. Jump at it, Jared. Over this. Hey, I, I, let's pumpkin into festival news into festival around news. the world. I'm outside my window. Don't tell my wife. So. I want to talk about drive-ins this week, but you're like, no, I don't want I'm tired talk to talk about, about those, even though there's some cool stats and cool money and things like that, but there's actually live shows that are going on and that's what you wanted to go into. Let's talk about the progress, huh? That is progress. Yeah. Now I got a mouthful. And now you got a mouthful and you threw a pumpkin in there. So the Ryman had Scotty McCreary and that was, um, where's the Ryman? That's in, that's in, uh, Nashville, buddy. 
So that's a capacity of 2362. I like how you have hundred there. Like, I didn't know where it was. So What's that? You had me look it up to make sure. So, Okay, Jared. Mm. And you didn't know where Flying E Ranch was, which is right by your house. That's true, but... <laughs> I'm not I'm not the dude ranch guy. Thanks for the uh, slam, my friend. Uh -huh. So that was Ryman and the Grand Old Opry had 500 people go to the uh go through on the weekend. That capacity is 4372. So there is progress. People are going to live music and live shows. So what I liked about the Ryman was Scotty McCreary was the last show before the COVID lockdown came through and then he was the first show after the lockdown. Um was opened up. So that's kind of a, a nice continuity on their part to uh, bring him in and have him do the next show at that point. Grand Ole Opry. We're going to talk about capacity there. Oh, we already did, Jared. Did we? Right. 4372, that. Grand Ole Opry, 500 need to put tickets. those away. <laughs> All right, Grand Ole Opry. So Chris Jansen's playing there this weekend. And then Kane's Ballroom. Kane's Ballroom. Where's that at, Jared? Tulsa? Tulsa, Oklahoma. Wow. 450 are coming. 1,800 is capacity. So they're moving right along. Billy Bob's at Fort Worth, Texas. Capacity 6,000. 6,000? 6,000, and they're, 6, 6, and they're uh, letting it open up to 1,200. So that's quick, good, indeed progress for live music. You're not in your car. You're going to see these folks live. And speaking about going to see somebody live, we're going to go out to the Flying E Ranch. And see Tracy Bird in a couple weeks. Yep, finally got a hold of Angie there at the Flying E Ranch. Talked to her, and she said, hey, I'd love you guys to come on down and go see Tracy Bird on the 28th. And you know what? We got some, some more coming on November 11th and 12th. Uh, which are the Hagerty brothers. So, oh. so that'll be cool too. So we'll be flying we'll be flying out to the Flying E Ranch in Wickenburg, Arizona to go ahead and check out their authentic dude ranch and check out those live concerts. And Tracy Bird will be great. And then the Hagerty brothers will be as well. Yeah, we were checking out the Flying E Ranch website tonight and uh Thanksgiving at the ranch sounds like something I want to drag my mom out and do. It sounds like a good time. It's one of those where you can ride horses, you can do the old, um, you know, the meal by the campfire, and you can go on um, the wagon train, and they got some really, really cool stuff out there. Or better yet, you can see some live music. It's happening. Right? ND Country Fest 2021 is coming back stronger and better than ever with Brantley Gilbert, it's Dustin Lynch, Texas. Featuring Diamond Rio, Leroy Parnell, John Michael Montgomery, with more coming soon. Plan now to attend Dakota's largest and nation's fastest growing country music and camping festival, ndcountryfest.com. Sponsored by Coors Light, Action Motorsports, New Vision Security, Trans Trash, Smithworks, and American Family Insurance, DJ Coulter Agency. All right, we're playing into the headliner. Brought to you by Bruno's Pizza, $15.99, any large. Order today at brunosnd.com. And what we have is a great front of ours, right? And a great friend of ND Country Fest, which we are going to talk to and bring him in later on, which will be great to see him. For those of you listening, you can jump over to YouTube and check it out. Yeah, it's good. Um, we're moving the story along. So we had been up to this point talking about ND Country Fest 2017, and then we're going to move it into ND Country Fest 2018. And literally the planning for that starts almost the night of it finishes or the next day. You and Ralphie are sitting around and kind of talking about 
what you're going to do, what you need to do, start plotting artists and how that, those sorts of things. Yeah. It's one of those where we definitely knew when it was over, there's something there and people, you know, all had an unbelievable time and the turnout was great. And it was like, man, this can turn from a one day to a three day easily. We got to get rid of the fence down the middle. Fence down the middle. You wanted to you see know. if there was actually a market for this when you started it. Well, absolutely. It was just a, it was a beta test, right? It was a, it was a little just balloon, see what happens throw it up and, and see if it sticks to the Yeah. Wall. If people like it, people show up and the good, you know, the reviews on it ended up being really good. I mean, obviously there's some things you can fix always when well, it's the first time Well, it's your first time. You got to things need to be changed. Right? right. Exactly. So, you know, and then after that, we're like, yeah, we can do this and we can, we made our chart and we started moving forward and, and so uh, got that fence removed. Why, why did you decide to go from one to three days? Well, one, the plan was always to get to three days because that's what all of them are. Right. The I mean, any, are. any festival that's a festival is at least three days where it's at least three nights of camping and three days of music. Right. Ours is actually now four nights of camping and three days of music. But in 2018, that's when we went three and three. And, um, obviously the uh, reviews on that ended up great because then you get, you get instead of five bands, you get 15 bands and right. then we up the ante and artists and bigger artists and, and, uh, all across the board. So it was just to keep progressing and getting larger and then also see what happens, you know? So what's, what are some of the biggest challenges you face going from like one day, one night camping, you know, okay, we got to get some camping in. We got to get four artists or an opener, a couple opening acts and two headliners and kind of go from there. But when you go for three nights, three days, it becomes a event in and among itself. You've got to expand and do those sort of things. Well, and it literally is then at, at that time, because of the enormous amount of people that come through, then you're recreating a little as a city because you got to think from bathrooms right. to all the way from parking to camping space to security. even the garbage collection to right. security, yeah, to safety, all the way around, uh, up and down. But um, those are the biggest challenges, you know, and then making sure you have, you know, enough workers and even just food for that to make sure everything's mowed correctly and down and all that. Who stuff. are your so volunteers? What's the grass like? Who's mm -hmm. coming in? Those sorts of things. Exactly. And, and you know, when, when Ralphie and I were talking, it was, uh, we knew we needed to add another, another, you know, intricate person because there's, there's more things happening. And all of a sudden you're dealing, not just dealing with three national artists. Now you're dealing with seven, eight, right. you know, and things, uh, Things multiply quickly. Well, you, and you guys are outsiders, right, to the music festival. You came in and just started this, and you hadn't you hadn't tapped into that industry yet. So, you know, that was probably one of the things you were looking to do. Right. And at that time, you know, I would say probably at that or after that time, there was a little ripple out there. But yeah, I mean, you have a year into it. I mean, nobody really knows who you are and what you're about. And I'd say it's more a bigger you know, ripple than are just you, a little. <laughs> yeah, are, you, uh, are you what you say you are and what everybody else says you are? But then when you see most of those people, you know, now it's been five years. Yeah. Well, years. and how'd the first one go off? Right. Exactly. Like, who is this? What's you your know? reputation and how'd you treat the artists? How'd you treat the fans? How'd you treat the vendors? All those sorts of things. So. That's exactly right. And then, you know, and then we have a great opportunity and it came along and here well, we and go. When you're camping for three days, did you have to go out and get more space or how'd you get around that? We did. We had to go get, cause our, initially our camping spot for the first year was just VI, our VIP camping is right now. And that sold out right away. Right. So then there was no, so we knew we automatically needed more camping. Cause even like two months prior, we could have sold a ton more camping for the first year. Right. So the VIP camping now is just where all the camping was the, the first, first year. year. That's crazy. So yeah. 
So now we have another, shoot, it's another, now it's 100 acres. At the other time on year two in 2018, we had about another 50 acres and that was full. Wow. So each year <laughs> you're trying to add more camping, right? Yeah. You know, and that's part of the experience. You get people that travel from all over North Dakota, all over the Midwest and all over the nation that haul their campers and they want to come and enjoy the experience. So you need, you know, appropriate space. Did that surprise you? What's that? That you ended up needing more and more land each year that like... The camping sins seems insatiable. Everybody wants to get in. Everybody wants to camp. Yeah. And that's part of the whole experience when you camp and you stay there. Right. So what usually what happens, it exponentially expands because people it talk. grows. Yeah. Because people talk and say, oh, you don't go here. Come with us and bring your camper. It's awesome. We'll all get together and kind of how we thing. start out tailgating. There's two of us. Then we got some guys that had a stereo. Then there's four of us. Then we figure out that guy's always showing up early. This guy's always showing up early. Why don't we get together and have a good time? Exactly. Or all of a sudden you have friends and then two of your sets of friends are already going. And then all of a sudden the other four are like, well, we want to go because they came for like the day. Right. Or they see all their stuff on their social posts and right. be like, where Why are you at? There? Why didn't you invite me? You know, all that kind of stuff. And then before you know it, you have their whole group of 10 families coming and having a blast and 10 campers and all that. So it grows exponentially, which it has, <laughs> it already has for 2021 as well. Nice. <laughs> a man well-respected around the music and festival industry, a friend of mine, a comrade, the general manager of ND Country Fest, Corey bliss how are you my friend hi hi <laughs> hi <laughs> hi <you> guys <laughs> is that like rah rah <laughs> yeah rah, rah, rah. <laughs> thanks for jumping on man thanks we appreciate it tell yeah, us bet. tell us uh you have a huge background in the music and festival industry tell us like how, how you got how'd you get mixed up in this world man well you know going back to age 15 i was in a uh, band and traveling the Midwest, um, originating out of uh, Northern Indiana and, and then adjacent states um, to that. Um, so I got, uh, I got the bug, the itch uh, back then. And, uh, you know, one thing leads to another. And I found that I had a, a real intrigue uh, and interest in learning the technical and production side of the music industry um, as a performer. And I still... Uh, you know, I don't perform much anymore, but uh, I still enjoy playing and whatnot. And I felt like I, you know, at least what little I dabbled in it was uh, uh, interesting. It was a lot of fun and energetic, um, but I was really intrigued uh, by the mechanics of uh, the music industry. So I jumped into that side of it and haven't looked back. So sonically speaking, what type of band were you? Uh, so we were probably a cross between uh, like a Pearl Jam and uh, maybe, you know, a little bit of Collective Soul. Um, we did uh, some GNR, um, but a lot of our influences, um, honestly, were the grunge uh, bands of the 90s. Um, and, uh, you know, my favorite band of all time is Pearl Jam. So uh, you and Robbie. Uh, yeah, that's right. And so, um, you know, I, I love all their material. Um, they're on my bucket list as a band to go see someday. That, that's cool. So you were, you were a bass player. Is that right? I was. Yeah. Yeah. Slapping the bass. bass player. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just, I, I love the groove of it, you know? And, um, I also had some influences in the, you know, um, you know, old school R and B, uh, you know, kind of the hip hop 
grooves and uh, R&B grooves. I love blues music, which is, you know, heavy uh, bass driven. Um, so, yeah, bass was my instrument of choice. So what what was your first festival gig or how did you get into festivals? I believe there's a little bit of a story behind that right in our past in our past conversation. <laughs> <laughs> As of an hour and a half. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So, you know, the, the, the uh, road to festival life is, uh, is colorful um, and <laughs> fun. Um, Starts with a girl? There's a girl involved. Ooh, yes. Those are the best um, ones. We got a rom-com going. Yeah. 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 So, uh, as I mentioned, I was in a band uh, in the early years of my uh, life and yeah. I got uh, I got a chance to travel um, up to the you know middle north of the country we like to call it <laughs> and uh, hadn't hadn't ever before you know even really heard of North Dakota let alone um, Fargo but uh, met a gal from Fargo um, at a show we were performing and um, I you know saw her walk into the room it was a pretty small. Uh, venue and saw her walk into the room and I'm like, that's, I'm going to marry her someday. Ooh. How old were you? I was 17. Oh, that's a big uh, statement to say at 17. Yeah, it was. Um, But uh, you know, the, the good part of the story is I'm still with her. Wow. Hey. uh, Yeah. So we're going on 25 years together and good job you. Thanks. I've been married 25 uh, years, dated five. So I know that's a big, huge accomplishment. Right. Lots of patience. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, we, when, when I met my wife and we started having kids, um, you know, just the, the rock and roll lifestyle isn't conducive to families. What? And more than anything, I wanted to be, you know, a father and a family man. And, uh, so, you know, kind of backed away from the touring and the the performing and the recording side of it and moved to Fargo, North Dakota. And, um, that was, uh, June of 1996, uh, when I landed in Fargo and I was a fish out of water, (laughs) had uh, had no clue, you know, uh, yeah, (laughs) I knew nothing about Fargo beyond what the movie depicted. And, uh, turns out it was nothing like the movie. No wood chippers. And is that a wood chipper? chipper, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, and, uh, but you know, I, you still, I still had that itch, still had that longing to, you know, to be in the music industry and to have that as a career. And so um, I just started looking for, you know, available opportunities and stumbled upon a, an event called WeFest, which is a country music uh, festival um, that was in Minnesota, about, you know, a little short hour from uh, east of Fargo. And I uh, got... Uh, contacted them and found out that, you know, really the only uh, way I could get involved was at a volunteer level. So I did it and uh, started as a volunteer, had no idea what I was getting into, but uh, you know, 20 some 23, 24 years later, um, we're, uh, we're still involved, still love it, still have a passion for it. It's a ton of fun. Um, it's a, it's a lot of challenges, but it's been great. It's been a great ride. That's a story about the WeFest. You start as a volunteer. Well, what is WeFest? I always hear about WeFest, but 
I mean, I'm from Arizona and Wyoming. It sounded important, but I don't really know. So why don't you explain it a little to me as a noob? Sure. So uh, WeFest, uh, you know, in its prime was, uh, was really the iconic country music festival in the country. Um, One of the, one of the things that made it what it was, was, uh, you know, the camping aspect was just a huge, um, a huge piece of, you know, the entertainment value, if you will. And, um, but, you know, it was legendary, you know, it's an event that started in 1983. Um, As far as country music uh, festivals go, it was, it was in on the early, um, you know, birth of country music festivals and a lot of festivals, you know, um, young and old have kind of followed in the footsteps, taking, you know, a similar model as WeFest and applied it to their success. Um, so it, uh, it was in the country music circles, I would argue that it was a bucket list venue for uh, a lot of, uh, up and coming and notable A-list artists to perform at. Mm. Absolutely. And they're, they're putting out what at the prime, what was it? 35, 40,000 people a day Wow, type show, right? Well, the, you know, the, uh, you know, honestly, our biggest years would probably uh, touch 50,000, yeah. um, you know, but you know, the, like I mentioned on the camping piece, you know, we would camp 30, 32,000 people, um, you know, on our site. So, you know, that's bigger than most towns in North Dakota. Right. It's um, bigger than any town I lived at in Wyoming. That's true. That's true. Right. Right. So, um, you know, all of that infrastructure, all of the, the, the safety uh, services and, and things like that, that you would have in any community, any town, any municipality you had to have at a music festival. And, and that really intrigued me. I hadn't even considered that, you know, before I got involved as a volunteer. It was like, wow, you really have to build a city, you right. know, essentially. And, you know, it's only for a weekend once a year. It's an incredible, incredible thing to witness. And what's amazing, you start as a volunteer, right? That whole story. And then by, I don't know how many years that was in between, but from there you work your all the way up to being the general manager of this massive country music festival, which is a feat in itself. Yeah. uh, And I, you know, I was blessed and fortunate, um, you know, but the thing of it is, and I think the, um, you know, the takeaway from it is no matter what position you have, even if it's just a, you know, quote unquote, lowly volunteer position, you learn and you adapt and, um, you know, find ways to contribute. Um, and, and that's what I do, you know, it's, it's how I live my life. And, um, you know, I, I think there's a, a little bit of a lesson in there in, in just, you know, it's kind of how you, how you make it through life, how you're successful is, is, you know, taking whatever challenges you have in front of you and, and doing your best to succeed at them. And, you know, um, a lot of luck and, and, uh, you know, years of in the trenches, you know, later, you know, uh, was successful to climb the ladder. Well, you always hear, uh, people when they're giving advice, like, how did you get into radio? How'd you get into TV? How'd you get into politics? You just start by volunteering and showing up and then they eventually give you a job and you work your way, uh, to the position that you want. So that's, that's kind of an awesome story there. You started as a volunteer ended up as a GM. So when you heard back in 17 that there was this little, would you call it ragtag? 
Well, no, that's, you would call it a ragtag. Uh, I would call, call it, it our country music our country festival. festival. Well, a little spunky. <laughs> Maybe I should take this over. One here. day so fast. What did 2017, you something pops up on your radar more than likely, right? You're the GM of this massive, massive WeFest country music festival. And all of a sudden something's popping up in North Dakota. Did you hear something about that? Right. So um, to give you a little bit of background um, or insight is, you know, the from from probably 08 um to you know i I would say even current um maybe not so much um you know the the year of covid but um the the there are so many music festivals and and festivals of other nature you know other genres um, art festivals and things like that popping up all over the time all Mm -hmm. over the place and all over um all the time excuse me and so for something to even create a a a small ripple and that's not you know a statement uh you know to to be offensive or to say that indie country fest in its first year wasn't significant it's you know, it created a small ripple in the midst of all of the other events that were cropping up and, um, you know, some successful, some, you know, you know, came out with a bang, um, you know, because they had, you know, massive lineups, um, as far as talent is concerned, um, they had big, massive budgets, um, you know, but for the grassroots effort that Indie Country Fest, um, started, uh, and was founded, uh, you know, and, and the fact that it created the ripple that it did was pretty significant and caught my attention. And so the, um, the cool part about it is in, in following up and just kind of, you know, okay, what is this all about? You know, how, how long have they been doing this? Is this the first year? Has it been around for five years and just hasn't, nobody's known about it. Nobody hit anybody's um, radar. Right. And so, um, you know, but, you know, I checked into it and then, you know, fast forward to, you know, finding out it's a, you know, a very well-run event and whatnot. And, and, and I did some, you know, research on my end just to, you know, dig in more. I was just curious. So I, I, I didn't honestly feel threatened and, you know, they were a whole nother, you know, state away from where I was and a whole nother culture, you know, it seems like, um, you know, from, you know, we fest and the events we did at that venue over the years. Um, but, you know, checking into it, contacting tours and, and the artists that performed there that first year. Um, they, you know, their takeaway honestly was that it was a, it was a very well run event for its first year, which is very uncommon. And, um, you know, one key factor that, uh, Luke did, um, that went over really well was that he rolled out the red carpet for the artists that attended that year. They were treated really special and, I think that's uh, key to the growth, a key factor to the growth of Indie Country Fest is that from the beginning, there was a strategy to be the best you can be with what you have. And um, that has proven dividends in, you know, the success of Indie Country Fest over the last, you know, the next couple of years that followed. Well, that kind of, if you're good to the artists and you treat the artists like they're having a good time then they're going to have a good time and then they're going to treat the audience with a good time. Then the vendors are going to make money. They're going to have a good time. Everybody's going to be happy. So if it all starts at the top and works its way down, that's a pretty good business philosophy there. Well, on the other end too, the other end too, it was one of those things where it's such a tight knit community. You know, all of a sudden we put this thing on, Corey could make one call or one text and say, Hey, what's this thing in, in North Dakota? I know you were there. 
And then they'll give him his honest opinion right then and there. Like, don't ever go there. Never mind. Or like, hey, we had a good time. Good. Up and comer. Right. And I and you know what I was going to jump in and say too to follow up on your point, Jared, is that it uh, it starts in the advancing process. That relationship doesn't start when you know the tours arrive on site or when the fans arrive at the you know event. That starts in advance. You got to get people to buy into it and believe in it before they're going to attend. And yeah, sure, you're you're paying you know um, substantial amounts of money to book you know, the talent that attend your event. So there's, you know, there's a paycheck on the line, but in the end, they're very, very protected of their brand and anything that they affiliate with. So if they thought it was wonky or not run well, um, they'd let people know they would be honest. Absolutely. They Mm -hmm. would be honest. And it spreads like wildfire, just like any other. And it's kind of the opposite of that. Cause when we were talking with uh, your brother-in-law, Joe, uh, he was talking about how he was in Nashville and he ran into Michael Ray mm-hmm. and you know, they went out to dinner and had a good time. If it hadn't have been a well-run event, they probably would have said, Hey, they nice seen you. No. Yeah. And they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have, especially cause you know, if you're affiliated with something that isn't good, I mean, nobody wants to stick around, stick around and be a part of that at right. all. Right. Yeah. They would have ignored him and act like they didn't know who he yeah. was. Who are you? <laughs> I, who are you? I don't know who you are. Yeah. Sure. Autograph. Sure. <laughs> I'll autograph <laughs> something for you. We were fortunate enough, you know, coming off of 17 and then right in the middle, right about going into 18. All of a sudden I get a phone call from, from your good friend. And now I had become uh, a good friend of Andy country fest, which is Joe Schmidt. He calls me and says, Hey, you should probably give this guy a call. And, uh, Joe had been talking to me the whole time while we were doing Andy country fest the first year. And then when it was after, uh, the fact as well. And, uh, he's like, you gotta call this guy. Um, I think he'd be a good fit. I think he'd be great for Andy country fest. You know, he has, he has a huge amount of experience in the industry and he right. lives in North Dakota and, and oh, you're looking for another guy and a new good North Dakota guy and all that kind of stuff. And obviously he gave me your number and I think he talked to you too as well, obviously. Um, and Joe Schmidt, you know, yeah, you want to expand Joe on Schmidt? Joe Schmidt on that, Corey? I don't know who he is. Well, Joe Schmidt is a, uh, uh, been a longtime friend of mine and um, he's a North Dakota resident, a, uh, a farmer in North Dakota, but he's also a country music singer and songwriter. Um, and, uh, has, you know, a lot of, uh, deep connections in Nashville and, um, you know, we, we kind of fell into the same circles, so to speak. Um, but, you know, backing up a little bit to give you a, a little bit of, uh, uh, foundation here for this, um, connection tying, you know, Joe to me to Andy Country Fest is the, he called me um, essentially to tell me that, hey, man, you know, we're, we're a big fan of everything you do, Corey, but, you know, my family and I, we've decided to, you know, no longer attend, you know, this major music festival that you um, are oh, part of and you come? work for. And, uh, well, I mean, they've just, you know, that stage of life, um, you know, with the kids, they're getting older and, you know, they, they just they were going to do some more family related, uh, you know, things, uh, with their kids. And so I said, ironically, you know, Hey, uh, Joe, uh, no offense. Um, glad you're letting me know, but I no longer work for them, Oh, which caught him off guard and we hadn't talked in a couple months. And so he didn't, he didn't know what had transpired. <laughs> so then he starts 
talking, you know, come back full circle to the little ripple I'd heard about, you know, the year before, it, you know, with Indy Country Fest in its uh, founding year. And he starts talking about, hey, you know, these guys have booked my band for this event. And I think it's something that, you know, you would align with um, and, uh, you know, kind of fits, you know, what they're trying to do kind of fits with the type of person you are, Corey, and, you know, what you believe in, what you uh what you like and enjoy and prefer about the event and uh, the event business. And so he said, you know, if you, if you're interested, you know, I'll reach out to the owner and see what, uh, what develops. And I said, well, you know, I'm not really looking for anything at the time. I'm just, you know, kind of let the dust settle, see what happens. And I said, but yeah, go ahead and, and uh, you know, let them know, make the connection. If anything comes of it, you know, it'll just be what it is. And so Joe did that as uh, Luke indicated. And the funny thing is I'll never forget is it was a Saturday afternoon and I get this call from this, you know, Arizona phone number <laughs> and trying to pull I'm you or the, sell you something. Huh? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, it's just good policy to not answer, uh, you know, a phone call that you don't know <laughs> from Arizona. What are you saying there, buddy? <laughs> and, uh, and so the, um, I just let it go to voicemail and I was, I was in the middle of working on my washing machine. Um, and so I was just, I'll let it go to voicemail. And I, I got, uh, I got done with that and then just got distracted. And it wasn't until the next day, you know, nearly 24 hours later, I was uh, on Sunday afternoon, I was, you know, just sitting next to my wife and scrolling through my phone in our idle time. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I forgot there was this number from Arizona, like the voicemail. (laughs) Probably should listen to that one. Maybe I was trying to sell you a wash machine. (laughs) (laughs) And a dryer. Yeah. We we ended up having to retire that washing machine (laughs) after I tried to fix it. Uh, Um, But yeah, so the, uh, yeah, it's, you know, 24 hours later and I'm finally like, listening to the voicemail from Luke and I'm like, I I just felt like an idiot because, you know, I didn't even stop what I was in the middle of to, to check it out. And so I texted him um, that Sunday evening just said, Hey man, sorry for blowing you off. Do you have time tomorrow? And um, so we, we agreed to call uh, to talk the next day on Monday. And I said, I got about a half hour where I'll be driving to an appointment and uh, we can talk then. Well, we get on the phone and two and a half hours later, I've been sitting in front of, uh, you know, the, the office of this uh, meeting I was at and I was still out in the parking lot and the receptionist walks out there and knocks on my window and's like, are you coming in for your appointment? That was two hours ago. Uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just a minute. I mean, it's just a call. I couldn't, <laughs> I had to take and I, you know, it's like, I couldn't stop in the middle of it. It's but, your typical Luke Schaefer phone call. It, it starts off for a half hour and then goes to only if I like you. Only if you like me. <laughs> wow. So I feel liked. I've had these conversations that go on and there on you and go. On. You get done with them and you're like, wow, that seemed excessively long. Yeah. But it didn't seem like two and a half hours. I thought no, it was maybe 45 it, minutes. So. Right. And that's the, that's the thing, but you know, of it is that we hit it off really well. For and, sure. um, I think it's hard not to hit it off with Luke. <laughs> so, yeah. He's got that laugh. He's got that, like, <laughs> I don't know, something about it. The, 
But there was right. a connection right away. Like, right as soon as I heard you talking and about five minutes into it, I was like, this is a great guy. It's a good guy. He's into it. He has a passion for it. Um, obviously your experience speaks for itself. And then, uh, we got, I think we got just talking about the festival in general and then ideas were just going like crazy. Right. Right. And that's what, yeah, that's what it ended up, you know, just a, you know, a, a vision, you know, a mm-hmm. conversation just about the future and where could we take this place? And, you know, what do you think the potential is? And, you know, all of those great, you know, um, brainstorming conversations that you have when you're passionate about something and you just, you know, you want to do it right. Um, and so it was a, it was a very easy conversation to have. Um, I never met Luke before in my life. I hadn't talked to him on the phone prior to then. Um, I blew him off the first time. So, I mean, it didn't even, it didn't even start off on the right foot, but, um, you know, to make a long story short, I mean, it, we hit it off very well. And what we hit off on is the fact that we align on our principles and we align on, you know, what, what is important to the audience, you know, without the fans, you have nothing. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where you were looking at what you knew, what your challenges were. You wanted to tap into the industry uh, and you wanted to grow a little bit and figure out those things. So getting somebody with, uh, to come on board as a, with your, festival in those areas had already been through it or lived through it. Well, after 17, we knew it, it, as you can say, as Corey stated, I mean, it made a ripple. I mean, we, we, the, uh, just the people showing up alone, the amount and the excitement about it afterwards and during and all that kind of stuff is like, whoa, there is an excitement here. We are going to do this. And not only that, that this is going to get a lot bigger, probably pretty quick, real fast. You went from one day to three days and Mm -hmm. you know, there, I mean, some of it, I guess will grow as you're like, oh, we're just going to do this and this and this. But when you go from one to three, that's got to be a whole big difference. Well, we literally went from like four artists. No, it was about five artists that first one day or to about right. 15 and right. then all kinds of camping and all kinds of everything. And it was, uh, it was a feat And what, what, uh, what the story goes, you know, we were, we had already booked all of our talent for 2018 before even we, before we even had that conversation, when we uh, had had been talking and reaching out and, and getting everything situated. So that was already done too, but it was yet the meetings and the talks that we had had and how can we make this experience better? It's more, you know, how does it, you know, we always go about like, it's the cleanest show and friendliest right. show. Everybody that comes off is like, wow, that was great. Everybody is so friendly, which correlates to everything that Corey's saying and his principles and everything with the festival world and safety. Corey, what's the biggest difference you saw at that time between Indie Country Fest and your old gig at WeFest? Well, I, you know, it was fresh. Um, probably the, the most obvious difference is just the size, right. you know, the scale of it. Um, you know, uh, 850 acres at WeFest versus, you know, 150 at Indie Country Fest. So just logistically, it was a little a little simpler. Uh, you still have all of the layers. You still have all of the verticals and things that you need to do, but just on a smaller scale. So, um, whereas, you know, at WeFest, I was, you know, responsible for, you know, roughly 1500 staff, you know, at ND Country Fest, we could do that with 150. So, um, and the other thing that's really cool about North Dakota and ND Country Fest is, I've been doing this business, working in this business for a long time, and I was a volunteer. So 
I started in it as a volunteer and I know the complications of getting, you know, volunteers to work at an event. And um, what's really cool about it is the community embracing the event. And 95% of our critical event staff that work on site at the event are volunteers at Andy Country Fest. I have never seen that, whether it was in New York or Colorado or Minnesota or in, you know Montana or any other place that I've ever done shows to have that level of commitment from folks you know in the community that want to help that was a huge you know noticeable uh, contrast to you know what I experienced before and that jumps back to like when we first started talking about why Andy Country Fest and it was like why not North Dakota and everybody knew that they wanted something they needed something there and they wanted something of quality right. um, there had been other things but not to that magnitude of a three day three night all that camping stuff and then bringing in major major artists and then on top of that major production and as soon as they saw that they were like we we can do we would love to help any which way we can and the biggest thing like Corey said is as all those volunteers we have it's amazing makes it yeah. run a lot easier and a little quicker yeah and the the mode right you kind of had a you know we've never really talked about this before Corey, but you're you're in, in from your old gig in that mode of the largest and biggest thing um, that there was right. That, that, uh, you know, 40,000, 55,000 people. I mean, it's just humming like a machine. Mm -hmm. And then you switch over to a different mode of nimble, not necessarily nimble, but now it's going into growth and, you know, growth and creating something basically from grassroots as we've always talked about, but now it's how do we, how can we do these things in the correct manner and the best manner and grow it as quickly as possible after all the, uh, after all the years of experience of knowing what to do and what's good and what's not. And then the new creative that right. comes along with it. Right. Well, I'm a big fan of, you know, learning from mistakes and, yeah. you know, you can apply what you've learned and, uh, to, you know, future things. Um, but the, the fact is, you know, a well-established event is, you know, it's, it's like a train. It's like an ocean liner. It just has a ton of momentum and it's hard to make any course corrections along the way. So even if it was for the betterment of the event, it's still, uh, it's still a struggle to do those things when, you know, you can see it on paper, you can see it in, you know, the fan base mm -hmm. that they want big changes made. Um, so for me, the iceberg, Right, right. So for me, the intriguing aspect of joining forces with a, you know, a baby event, an infant, mm -hmm. um, is that, you know, we could be creative, we could be innovative, could we could adapt. do things that, yeah, nobody else is doing, because we're not so big and massive that it's, you know, a, you know, such a huge expense for us, or B, just nobody's buying into it, right. you know, on the team. The old, and well, so, he never did it that way before. Right. Yeah. Well, and I guess part of right. that is, you know, you've got Luke, who's an, what would you say? An industry outsider just coming in and doing this with all of your views on how businesses run or how things are done, merging or wedding with the industry or coming in with you. And it's got to be kind of an interesting shift because on one hand, he's learning from you. On the other hand, you're learning from him and then trying to put together this new sort of festival that's out there. Right. So the nucleus is really interesting in that, you know, Luke's background in the, in the um, athletics and, and sporting world um, is not an area that I had any experience. 
Right. Um, so he brings that to the table and I bring my depth and knowledge and experience of the music industry in particular, uh, you know, multi-day music festivals. And then, you know, the rest of our team, which is another um, contrast to WeFest, where we were a brick and mortar office that we all went and worked at every day, um, you know, as GM there, I could bring my team into the conference room and we could, you know, hash through some stuff and we could brainstorm and do all that. Well, our team with Indie Country Fest is spread out all over the country. We've got California, we've got Kentucky, we've got Nashville, we got Oklahoma, we've got um, Arizona, we've got North Dakota, we've got Minnesota, we've got um, South Dakota. And, you know, we, those are just to name a few of our key key team members. And then we've got all of our other affiliates that, you know, come in from all over the country. So where, where that started off as a challenge or just unfamiliar territory for me has turned into every single one of those people have, they have uh, experience in right. all these different elements and they're bringing all of that into Indy Country Fest. So, we're probably the most culturally diverse music. Kind of know country, what's going on in the country just because of country music festival in the country, just because of where our team is all, you know, stationed right, 95% right. of the year. And so it's a really cool, uh, I think advantage that we have to, you know, a lot of other events is we can bring in elements that, you know, we can, we, we see at a, an event happening and, you know, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, mm -hmm. we can bring that in. It's never before ever been seen in our part of the country. Um, and, and we can add those elements and say, you know, this is just the, the wow factor or added experience to the thing. The other thing that is really cool, I, I, I want to touch on because it's really important. Never have I worked um, for the multitude of festivals that I worked with. And I, you know, I mentioned, you know, uh, you know, I did festivals in New York and Colorado and Montana and Minnesota. This is by far the most affordable festival I have ever been aware of or worked for. And so that is a really, really cool thing. We're running this thing so lean and mean that we can pass on that savings to yeah. the fans. And, so you get this wildly crazy, massive experience mm -hmm. for, you know, the entry level price of, a, you know, I, I don't even know what to compare it's it a to good deal. I don't think there's anything. Yeah, it's such Every a Every time deal. I look at what the VIP tickets are, I'm just like, eh, that's not right. really going to kick me that hard. It's, it's a definite goodbye or it's worth... It's worth the value that you're giving your customers or your fans or your patrons. What and the design of that, right, is that so it is affordable. It's not going to break your bank. You don't, you know, you don't have to save up for months, but you can travel to North Dakota, experience North Dakota, experience and what's we there. we had that conversation where I'm like, really? Why don't you charge more? And you're like, no, this is what I want. An this experience you know, a major thing that you can also go and do in North Dakota itself along with the festival. And then that means you can bring all your friends and family because they're like, well, what's that going to be? $500, $700, you know, just for a ticket. No, it's not. And that's where we do shoot. We do pull people from 30 different States automatically. Yep. And that has a lot to do with it. And people love it. So Corey, yep. what was the biggest challenge of 18? Was it the weather? 
We know you want to be a weatherman, maybe? Did we find that out? <laughs> Jared just took the last uh, question of the interview. Yeah, we'll roll it yeah. there. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, um, when I grow up, uh, I eventually want to be a storm chaser. And <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a nerd about weather. Um, I'll show you my phone someday, Jared. I've got uh, dozens of weather apps on there, and, um, you know, I... I track the weather very closely. That's just what I do as a hobby. So in 18, the weather was pretty, looked like it was going to be bad. Is that right? The, it yeah, just takes so, me by surprise that you'd want to be a meteorologist it, over anything else in the world, which like is the awesome. Green screen? Because I never would have, never would have thought it, but it's awesome. Yeah, no, not the green screen, not the, you know, TV <laughs> kind of, you know, news, news weather guy. That's not what I want. I, you know, I want to be out in the thick of it. And can wear a suit jacket. With shorts, <laughs> yeah. be up there. So in eighteen, you get Lokesh getting ready to get on, and you guys. What I didn't know is you have an actual meteorologist, not somebody with a green screen, but somebody who actually knows the weather twenty four seven, seven days on a week. salary for the entire time, so they can tell you what's going on. Has major things to do with safety and monitoring, right? So they've right. they've got to know. So I, what happened? Yeah. So. Um, that is true. We um, just as a added element of safety and security, um, you know, the welfare of the event and the customers, um, we we do have a, a, a weather subscription, um, a platform that monitors our weather. And what's nice about it is in the busyness of the event, all the things that come up, um, you're dealing with ticketing stuff and catering and, you know, getting people in and out and, you know, and all those things that just keep you preoccupi preoccupied. One thing you often forget to do is, you know, look up and, you know, see what the weather is doing. Right. Um, and, and often events um, have a, a, an additional challenge in that when you get that many people closely gathering, your cell reception isn't the greatest. So when you would typically rely on your phone for alerts or, or uh, to be able to check the radar, sometimes you can't. So um, we, we do have a 24 hour um, weather center that monitors our uh, event. They have our location. They specialize in understanding that we are largely a temporary uh, venue, meaning we have a lot of tents and a lot of campers and a lot of, you know, th elements. Um, so when it's uh, time to go, it's time to go. It's time to go. Right. And so you have these guys monitoring it. We can just do our job and we can do focus on other things. These guys call us and say, Hey, you know, just be aware, be advisors, there's, uh, you know, some weather approaching and this is what we're seeing now and this is what we're predicting will happen. And uh, that occurred um, <laughs> in uh, 2018. And, you know, but, you know, thankfully we, we had that ability to adapt. We could get a hold of the, um, I, I remember in our war room, our command center, we, <laughs> there's some pictures. I don't know who was taking pictures in the middle of all this. <laughs> who um, was that? But <laughs> it wasn't me. There are pictures of Luke and I, you know, just like huddled in front of the, you know, computer screen and on the phone. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, getting the weather reports. And then we have. Uh, so you were, were you worried it wouldn't that, go off? No, what it did is it, it escalated from where we were in the war room, huddled behind by your monitor on the phone, and then it was like, okay, I think they're they might dissipate or something, and then all of a sudden we went back 
stage and it got a hold of the touring manager for low cash and then chris and preston now all of a sudden we're all huddled around Corey's phone <laughs> you're all looking at it yeah. it's like hey the meteorologist said hey it might just dissipate it might just split looks like give it like 15 minutes and should split and should be all good and there's chris and Preston from low cash going we want to do the show people are amped and they were and the crowd was all ready and they're like you know we, we'll wait we'll wait no don't worry we'll wait we'll wait and then uh, you got the call from the meteorologist and literally said, hey, it's going to split. And then all of a sudden we're watching your phone. We're all huddled. And, Corey's phone, and it literally splits by the cow and goes, poof, and it's yeah, yeah. over. Wow. <laughs> and they absolutely, they absolutely crushed it that night and actually played for about 30 more minutes than what they were scheduled oh, for. And that was a great thing. They were for all happy. Everybody. Yeah. Corey, yeah. what do you think the future for Indie Country Fest holds? Well, so... Um, stay tuned. We're working on some really, really cool um, uh, things that we'll roll out here in the future. Um, we're, we're going through the R&D process right now, and, and we just really want to get it dialed in. And what I'll say, you know, in addition to that and just kind of reinforcing that statement is we don't ever want to do anything. We don't want to roll out anything unless we have it dialed in. And so we mock it up and we reverse engineer it and we figure out all of the, you know, the, the points where it's weak or it could fail or, um, you know, cause other issues, you know, before we roll something like that out. And you saw that recently in, you know, our switch to, you know, a different ticket platform. Um, right. You know, we, we did the research and we spent the time and, um, you know, some of these, some of these things aren't the funnest um, you know, category to, to, to be dealing with, <laughs> right. but it's, you know, it's for the betterment of the event. And, and that's why we made the change. So there's some really cool, exciting things. Um, we, you know, for 2020, we had already unveiled, um, the casino. So yeah. that'll be, you know, casino 2.0 unveiling in 21. Um, that's, there's no other festival that, uh, has an onsite casino. So that's a really cool thing that's, uh, brought to us by NDSU team, team makers, which, mm -hmm. uh, it's so great to have them partner with us. Um, they're, they're just a, a massive powerhouse in the, in the state and, and a great community partner. And, and we love being partnered with them. Um, and then we, we added also a dream deck. So mm -hmm. there's a couple of things that we unveiled for 2020 that we spent a lot of time working on and, and, and getting to that point where we felt we could, we could do it, but you know, Rona happened and you know, <laughs> we're so back to scheming, push it off. But he right. So, but there's, there's some uh, really cool things, but what, what I want to leave you with on that topic is just that stay tuned. We're not done with bringing Indie country fest to the next level and we're in it for the long haul um, we're not, we're not just, you know, here to, you know, do, you know, what we can do or make the most of what we can make, uh, in North Dakota, it's, it's North Dakota's festival and we're proud to be part of it in, in whatever way we can. Um, but we also want to bring things to North Dakota that North Dakota has never seen before. So there's a lot of exciting stuff in the future. Sounds like it. Exciting times. Well, Corey, thanks again. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. We appreciate you for everything that you do at ND Country Fest. Thanks for joining us today at the podcast. And we will see you later, my friend. Corey, nice meeting Never. you. Watch out for those yeah, storms. Brothers and sisters, I hear you asking yourself day after day, what am I going to have for lunch? Do I want another burger? No. Do I need another taco? No. Brothers and sisters, 
may I introduce you to Bruno's Pizza. The bread of endless possibilities. Bruno's Pizza. 910 East Front Avenue online at brunosnt.com. Can I get a napkin? All right. This is where we're going to fry our way into Ralphie's top three. This is where we get a hold of Ralphie. We give him I, we give him a top three of uh, any subject, and then he gets a little personal and tells us what his top three might be. So, Ralphie, are you there? There you are on Zoom. I'm here. Zoom. <laughs> For our, all, all our people listening, jump onto the YouTube. You can see Ralphie in the flesh, baby. Doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> Here we go. Ralphie, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Give us your, your fashionable guy, right? Oh, yeah. Light on your feet. I've seen you, seen you dance. <laughs> A few times. Top three shoe brands that you wear of all time. Okay, you want to go after the wheels, right? Um, a three, I would go New Balance. Are you an old man? I know. Are you 70s, a nurse? 70s? Hey, just, I'm over the 40 mark. So? I feel comfortable in a comfortable pair of shoes. Velcro or Not tie? stylish. A Velcro crow for sure. Easy on, easy no on. time to tie shoes. <laughs> Nice. All right, number two. Two, I'm going to uh, Nike. Okay. What? Yeah, Nike. Why? Why would you be surprised that Nike would be in the top two? Well, that... I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. It's got to be in one, two, three, right? <laughs> Nike's a staple in the right. top three. Right, right, right. Oh, right. uh, uh, that makes sense. Hit that hit that button, Jared. Number one. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Ralphie's number one shoe brand. I'm going with the little track favorite, A6. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty uneventful, I know. Yeah. But Why A6? A6, uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my camera just stopped. <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Change the battery pack, bro. <laughs> All right. So we'll start this over. Or we oh, roll with perfect. It. We're gonna roll with it. It'll come back on. He'll switch it on He's over to his laptop. Laptop. Okay, so what is your What's your favorite shoe brand of all time? Well, you know, I've lost my brain in the last year and a half, right? (laughs) I'm all about Game of Thrones. So we've got the. Oh, you took it off. I took it off. That's nasty, man. So this is the second time we've been through it, right? So we might as well. We got the Game of Thrones Ultra Boost. This is the House Targaryen. Dragon fire. I but could see that. Honestly, if you uh, do, you have a pair of Ultra Boost? No. You really should go get a pair. No, I'm more of the designer of the Chinese designer. That's true. You got the Facebook shoe. knockoff, whatever those shoes are. Hey, and they're awesome. Is there a brand? Because ev- what, what are they called? <laughs> like, can't pronounce it. I don't even know what they're called. How would you find it or sell it if they sponsored? I them? have them on my favorite. They should be a sponsor, <laughs> right? Like you've got. No, so they'll be like people. what? Anywhere I go, people are like awesome shoes where do you get those right <laughs> they are people love them and they're comfortable and people buy them so they're kind of like uh, a dress shoe with a sneaker sole yep exactly and they're comfortable and you know you can look sporty wait, wait. or you can look fashionable wait hold on 
Are you wearing them now? This is more of a different brand. Well, this is a knockoff version. Well, this is no. These are the real deal. These are the real deal. <laughs> yeah. Knockoff version. I graduated. Uh, oh, we got hey, Ruffy back. Hey. I told you we could bring it right back. We rolled with it. Did we already go with yeah. Asics? We did. We did. So why <laughs> Asics? A uh, little track story. We were on a bus, and I was complaining about my feet just killing. You know, at a track meet all day. You know, they <laughs> get around eight, ten hours. Whoa. You know, standing around <laughs> watching people do activities. Yeah. Last. And uh, he suggested ASICs, and I haven't uh, wavered since. That's true. I've seen I've seen some um, of your old ASICs. My wife has yeah. <laughs> a couple pair because she was told by runners that they're the best shoes. So. They are. I don't know. You should try Ultra Boost, Ralphie. They are the greatest shoe I've ever worn. So yeah, I might I, do that. I went from being a Nike guy to straight up got rid of all my Nikes and all I have. I, I must have bought like eight to ten pairs of Adidas. And fast. And yeah, it was like straight up addict. <laughs> tap, tap that Adidas <laughs> into me. So It's good for your walking. It is good for my walking. They're great shoes. And you know what the best part about it is? Uh. I can throw them in a washer or clean them up real quick, and they don't fall apart unlike other brands. So, <laughs> uh, you know, good shoe. Hey, Ralphie, as usual, it's always a pleasure, my friend. For those of you listening, jump over to our YouTube. You can see Ralphie on our Zoom, and then you can see him off the Zoom, and then you can see him right back on the Zoom, Zoom? and it's awesome. Different cam oh, camera angles. Oh, he got angles. to mess with the battery pack and all that joy <laughs> we've been having to deal with. <laughs> all right, my man. We'll see you next time. See you later. Rah, rah, rah. All right, let's bounce into stage left. That's where Jared and I get a little personal, see what we did last weekend and what has been going on in our own lives. So, Jared, what what did you do last weekend? What What's new in the Jared, Jared Bennett world? Uh, not much. I fixed an irrigation leak at my house and then created another problem. So I put it away <laughs> and said, I'm going to call Luis and have him come over and fix it for me. Uh, so... I think I need a solenoid or something. I bet he was glad that you tried to fix oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cover <laughs> up the holes I dug and pretend that they weren't there. So, that, you know, hopefully it'll go around it. Uh, I watched a lot of Netflix. Uh, Adam Sandler has a new uh, Netflix movie out called Hubie Halloween. Uh, it's cute. Like, it's cute. It's cute. It's fun. Uh, I'd almost say it's good enough for your kids, but there's a couple adult things. So I don't know. There aren't. Yeah, so maybe a little older kids, but it's still a good Halloween movie. Um, it's got like Ray Liotta in it, Ben uh, Stiller's in it. Uh, there's just a bunch of uh, celebrity cameos plus his um, normal casting crew. Got a little Dan Patrick in there playing a principal. I, oh, I enjoyed I bet that. you were excited about I that. I was. I love me some Dan Patrick. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, one from way back that I somehow missed was from Paris with Love. And I was just looking for anything at that point. That's old, isn't it's it? It's old from like oh, t from 10. Uh, it's got John Travolta in it playing a CIA spy. Uh, bald head running around doing crazy stuff in um, Paris. Uh, do you know who Luke uh, Besson is? Mm -mm. Um, do you ever see The Professional? Yeah. Like he, that's one of his good movies. Like they call oh, it sure. Leon The Professional, but it's, um, God, what's her name? Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, I couldn't tell you. Oh, you have the fifth element as the next one. Well, the fifth element <laughs> that Busan wrote, which is a general argument around my house, whether that was a good movie or a bad movie. Uh, for the longest time, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, and my wife hates that movie. And every time she wants to mock my movie ability, 
Um, she goes to the fifth element. So I think last summer I watched the fifth element and then another movie from that time, Starship Troopers. Uh, Starship Troopers really holds up way better than the film. The late jumper fellas like like Starship. Starship. Whatever. Star Tro- Have you never seen Star uh, Starship Troopers? No. no. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. Yeah, you gotta watch some movies every now. And As then. you know, I don't watch. Yeah, many you just movies. got caught up with Game of Thrones. So <laughs> yeah, you'll see. I barely had time to do that. It was nothing like the chaos going at the going on at the Schaefer house. So uh, this what weekend? Happened? Yeah, chaos had- of none. Yeah, none. We had 17 people there at the yeah, house. That's chaos. I would have to lost you. My, it might be oh, chaos to yeah. some. It might be fun. Well, you grew up in a big family. Yeah. Like I have a sister and I had a basement. Everybody had their rooms and <laughs> you um, don't come out of your room. Right. <laughs> it's very quiet when it gets hectic. Uh, when we would have the Schaefer family reunions or 17 people and all my nieces and nephews would get together uh-huh. and I'm the oldest. My sister who's three years younger than me is the next oldest. Yep. And then there's a drop off of about five or six years Yeah, and we would all get together at the house in Jackson, my grandparents' house. I would literally go hide in the pantry with a book so that I could stay away from all the kids yelling and screaming at me to throw them around and just not, okay? uh, just it gets Seems. loud. <laughs> So just so we're accurate, this was not the Schaefer it's reunion. It's not the Schaefer it reunion. Was, it was my, my my wife's sisters and then their husbands and uh, kids. Right. And it was a blast. It was a blast. Everybody gets it's along. It's the Kimmy family reunion? Yeah. Everybody gets along. All the kids get along. It was fun. Everybody cooks. Everybody cleans. Everybody helps out. I mean, 17 people in a house, it's a lot, but you'd think it would be chaos. Not even close. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of hanging out in the pool, a lot of grilling, a lot of, a lot of having some having some curs. Some what? Coors Light? Oh, <laughs> all right. And that was a good time. And it was a great. You know, even worked on the Bronco a little bit. Thank goodness. Did but you get an AC put in that thing? We did not get an AC put in there. How however. about like a mobile cellular booster so we don't get all choppy when we're... No, we were thinking about around. dropping a different carburetor in there, but we did not get to that. Make so. it a little louder? Yeah. No, make it a little faster, a little power. A little, fa- a little yeah. more fast? A little more power. That thing's fun. It was great. It was good. It was good. Uh, my brother-in-law, Zach, loves to work on cars. He's great at it. It's uh, perfect. Perfect. And I was like, oh, he's like, let's take a look. And then we went for a rip. And then he's like, oh, let's do, you know, let's do a couple things to it. So we did a couple things. And that was great. It's always good to have an extra pair of hands, too. I actually let him do most of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like me fixing a car and breaking it and having to call in somebody. The other brother-in-law, Sam, he loves to cook, too. So he, he's making... Killer breakfast burritos. Really? What do you And do? guess where he's from? Where's he from? Wyoming. Oh, what part? Just outside of, he's just out, he's 80 miles from Cody. I can't remember the name of Pal, it. Powell, Thermopolis, mm, Basin. I want, I think it's Basin, Basin? actually. Somewhere uh-huh. around there. It was, it, was, it was pretty cool. I've done the tour of all those small towns playing high school football oh, and true. basketball and you know, ever seen the inside of every old gem when I was growing up. But it was a good time. It was good seeing all my all, all my nieces and the kids had a good time and uh, it, it was fun. It was it was absolutely a good time and everybody, um, like I said, it just pitched in. Felt like a holiday. Felt it like a holiday. Cool. It was like a pre. Well, it was right. It's Indigenous People Day or Columbus Day or whatever you feel like it. Not quite sure. We just had a great time. It's just confusing. <laughs> all right, Luke. So how do they find us? How do they find us? You tell us how they find us on the podcast system, and I'll do the YouTube. All right. So if you go to iTunes or all of your podcasting uh, sources, you can find us there. Just search the Fest Podcast, and we'll pop up. Uh, and 
rate us, review us, subscribe, uh, leave a comment and or a, re- a review, and we will repeat it on the air. As such, we had a couple. Uh, we had one talking about my mojito making skills and my culinary skills. Oh, I did see that. All right, Mr. Lyons, we thank you for going on and doing yes, that. Thank you. And then we had another one. Um, I believe you said Jared's mojitos are second to none. Yeah, second to none. Wow, that's a pretty good. He wow. should know. He's had a few. Oh, it's a friend. Uh, yes, he's one of my tailgating guys. I got you. I so, got you. Nobody else has had mine. <laughs> I'd be weird if some random dude I didn't know said, yeah. "Hey, Jared, your mojitos are great." I'd be like, Never know. Hmm. So then, be uh, like, sounds really good. Sounds really good. I'll make one for you. So, how do they find us on YouTube, buddy? So, head on over to YouTube if you want to see this in the flesh, in person. Our boys from Light Jumper cut this baby up and make it look phenomenal. So, jump over there, hit subscribe if you like what you're seeing, and uh, hit that so you get our notifications as well anytime we. We drop a new YouTube, which is every Friday. You'll get that new YouTube up there and you, you can watch it. We want a hundred subscribers. Yeah, we need a hundred subscribers. And what we're going to do on the first 100 subscribers, we're going to drop you into a drawing for festival tickets that uh, are possibly going to be around the nation. If not, though, if not, I'm going to have one last pumpkin. Uh, <laughs> These pumpkins are delicious. They if you, are good. If you like what you're about to hear, that's our boys, Quake, Quaker City, Nighthawks. But you know what? Here's to you. You, here's to me, you know the rest, and we are out.